I'm scared. I'm not used to how narrow this is. I'm scared. <laughs> That's you in the car last night. I keep laughing about that. All night long. I'm scared. <laughs> Help. Because you were sort of like, like hunched forward. And it's like such a song of like, all night long. <laughs> but it's like, it's almost like. I didn't have that song on at rock. that point. That song was not on in that moment. You you're, were, cre- you're creating. But, but. You were still hunched over when the song was on, and the energy was still there of being afraid. Right, I did. I did become aware of of the of the of the far forward, and I kind of relaxed once <laughs> once uh, once we got out on the open roads on Dundas. <laughs> the open roads of fifteen kilometers an hour edging down Dundas. Yes. It's Thursday, September 10th. The year is 2020. Still, it's still 2020. It's still going on, everybody. No. Oh, yes, David. Um, it's it's currently 1024 a.m. It's, it, as we mentioned, it's Thursday, which means it's Thirsty Thursday, where, where we drink uh, whiskey in the morning. My name is Jacob Eamon, <laughs> and here with me is David Patrick Fleming. Are you ready to, to, to drink, David? I'm always ready to drink whiskey at 10 a.m. Yes. On a Thursday. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's just, those are the only parameters. You got, you got bullet again? Always. I got bullet today too. I got my World Series champs, 1992-93 whiskey glass. You're also wearing the 92 hat. Yeah, baby. So that, those, those pair well together. I thought so. Okay, bottoms up. <laughs> Oh, oh my no, God. no! You didn't even finish yours. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't planning on finishing it this time. I just took a gulp. I've got like, I've got, a, I've got a thing. I'm gonna keep sipping throughout the episode here. Oh my God! This is this is not a finishable amount right now. If anybody out there thinks that it's indulgent or something to do Thirsty Thursday, and that you question why we're drinking, just just know that uh, by and large we don't like doing it either. It's a problem <laughs> for us as well. Uh, we just sort of have stuck to this thing that we created. Fair enough. Nobody told us to do this, but we feel pot committed to it. And now I've got, I don't know, two ounces of whiskey in me in the morning and it's going to wreck my day. Jacob and I were at a bar last night watching the Raptors game. This isn't, this isn't fun. No. If anybody out there thinks this is fun, it's not. This should be viewed as sad, problematic. You choose. And also... You know, you guys do a podcast every goddamn day and then watch the Blue Jays for four hours every night and get up in the morning and do it again and figure out what you need to do to get through the week. You know, you get to Thursday, you're 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 broken, you need to have a drink. I guarantee you, you, you guys might be doing worse, you know? Hey. Oh, and then, oh, also, also, oh, the Raptors are in a playoff series and your love for basketball is being tweaked. What are you going to do? Are you going to watch the Raptors? Or are you just going to throw it out the window and maybe miss a beautiful moment in sports history in Toronto and then just follow the Blue Jays who laid a fucking deviled egg last night? Yeah, well, we yeah, we went out, David and I, we met our friend, rose we 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 were out on a patio you know on a chilly patio staying covid safe 
as much as you can when you when you go drinking in public. Um, <laughs> and we we watched one of the great playoff games, I would say, in Raptors history. That was a that was a very exciting night. Do you think Kyle Lowry is the greatest Toronto athlete of all time? Ath- whoa, 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 whoa! You you surprised me. I thought it was going to be a slam dunk there, asking if he was the greatest Raptor of all time. No, Toronto I'm talking all sports across the board. Whoa, 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 whoa! So, so <laughs> let me say this again. I I don't watch hockey. Those yeah, no, no, we're not talking about hockey. Anybody out there who's like, oh, there's fucking Matt Sundin or Doug, like that just doesn't count. Yeah. Okay, we're talking basically <laughs> baseball, <laughs> basketball, and I, any soccer doesn't count. TFC, but I don't imagine that could count anyway. Should we get into some uh, Toronto what, Argonauts what, history, some CFL history, David? <laughs> that's what I wanted to bring up today. I have a long list of Toronto Argonauts players who I think could rival Kyle Lowry's production. Pinball Clemens, anyone? <laughs> um, okay, so 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 greatest athletes in Toronto history. Ooh, man. <sighs> I mean, the length of time that Kyle's been here. Bringing the championship, the heart. How many playoff rounds has the dude been in? Tons. Yeah. <laughs> That's my specific answer. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to, to, uh, to dance around with that for a little bit. But I think, I think you might be onto something. You might be onto right. something. Just the, the tenacity, the guts with which he plays. Uh. And getting better with age too, like a like a beautiful Barolo. Yes, you know he's he's aging so well. He's getting more clever in his age, more tenacious, and he's able to slot himself into different roles. Like last year when there was Kawhi, he wasn't the number one, but now you can see him sort of being the guy at times, and then you can also see him taking the back seat when somebody else steps up. He's a really great guy to have on your yeah. team. Yeah, I think he also just really nicely defines Toronto and defines Canada being from Canada's team being this sort of unlikable dude to everyone else because he's such like a dick and complains just like the guy that you love on your team that everyone else hates epitomized in in one guy he he's like a more successful better Marcus Stroman yes in a way. <laughs> yes, a, a much more sufferable version, I would say, because because yeah. you know yeah. even Strowman could could be like that for the home fans, for lots of home fans, and I don't think I don't think Lowry has that same relationship, at least not anymore. Maybe in the past, like Demar Derozan oh. Lowry days, well, as soon as that ring got put on the finger, it was fresh slate, and he became something completely different yes. than what he was and even before even before the ring was on to that whole playoff run the way that he's the the way that he performed last last year even with Kawhi on the team the performances that he put in carrying carrying the team even on a night or two where where Kawhi didn't step up I don't remember anything pre-pandemic me neither. I'm going to drink a little bit more here. I didn't pour anymore, and now my whiskey's too far away from me, and I just feel like it's such a task <laughs> to walk all the way over there. Right. But you make it seem so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It is good. Um, I, I just want to say cheers to you, David. David quit his job this morning, everybody. I did quit my job this morning. The Raptors won the game last night. There's a he's supposed to work Friday night. We've got Game Seven, and David quit his job. Uh, to be clear, that's not why I quit, <laughs> but it is a nice bonus of 
quitting. I'm not going to say why I quit just yet. It's, uh, it's too fresh. It's fresh, and it's also a complicated situation. It's also a situation that is enraging me in some part of my body, even as we I'm speaking right now in a tone that would suggest I'm not full of rage. But don't, don't deny it. I am livid right now. Wow, what a teaser, everybody. I, 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 everyone's out there like, oh my God, what happened? What did he do? Stay tuned. I will tell my story, just not yet. Yeah, okay. Well, we, we all look forward to you telling that story, David. But for now, it's time I need to tell a story, I think. Uh, Fuck yeah. It's time that I, I, I spin a yarn. Um, is that the saying? Yeah, spin a yarn. I, I, it's so funny that you just said that. Yesterday, I was going to say spin a yarn, and it took me a second to be like, what is the phrase? <laughs> it is spin a yarn. I'm going to spin a yarn of, of one of the greatest games, one of the nicest diaries that I've ever put to, put to, to digital paper. Um, this is The Hey, everyone. It's 11.33 p.m. I just drove David home because we went out to a patio to watch the Raptors pull off a win to save their season in double overtime. It was absolutely thrilling. So much anxiety. Jason Tatum is a superstar. Raptors starters played more than 50 minutes. It was gutsy, and it was not easy. Are they a better team than the Celtics? I'm not so sure. But they have the hearts of champions. And they found a way to win. But now, I'm turning into the Blue Jays game, and guess what? They are going to lose this game. Yeah, I'm not happy that I know it, but I do. And I just saw the Blue Jays lineup, and I can't say I'm surprised. Lourdes Gurriel has the day off. He's the best hitter on the team right now, but I guess the Blue Jays thought he needed a weekend or something. I don't know. So yeah, no Guriel, no Rowdy, no Bichette, no Hernandez, no Jansen. So that means Shaw, Travis Shaw, my favorite man, Travis Shaw, is hitting third. You do the math. It also means Joe Panic, Jonathan VR, Caleb Joseph, Derek Fisher, and Jonathan Davis are all in the game. Wow, wow, wow. I, I'm pretty sure we planned to lose this game. I'm, and I'm not kidding at, at, at all. It's not a joke. Glaber Torres hits a home run. Like, we got the two wins last night, looked at Tanner Roark, looked at his body, looked at the off day coming out. Y- you got to lose sometimes, so, so why not choose when to lose and get some rest, get some, get some bad guys, some playing time to keep them from hanging themselves. Get some pitchers out there who need to work and, and get some pitchers out there who need to work and save the best guys. It makes sense to me. Davey Garcia is not at all what I was imagining. I guess because he's a Yankee prospect, I just assume he's going to be a big, thick, tall dude that's sexy and ripped. But he's like a, he's like a little twerp. A little twerp teenager. It looks like he weighs Gary Sanchez's batting average, 125. <laughs> Most exciting part of the game so far, and maybe of the maybe of the whole game, I'm guessing, is Caleb Joseph and Luke Voigt colliding at first. For some reason, Voigt misses the ball thrown at him and just throws his arm behind him and clotheslines Joseph. And I just wanted Joseph to throw a punch at Voigt. 
I know Voight would wreck that old man, but but Luke just looked so cheese after it happened, like it was Caleb's fault, but it was clearly his fault. Fucking idiot. Derek Fisher, two run, ding dong, ding dong. two one Blue Jays. That was a nice swing, quick, simple, and just turned on it. Nice work, Derek. And that's all the Blue Jays are gonna get today. So so yeah, bottom of the second. DJ LeMahieu goes opposite field for a bomb. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, God. Oh, my. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Look at Rowdy. No, look away. Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? He looks awful. He's got this, like, almost, like, full-leg race cast thing on. He's walking on crutches very slowly and carefully. The look on his face suggests he's terrified. Oh my god. This is not good, Jays fans. He looks like he needs a new leg. Buck and Dan doing this puzzle in left field thing is making me really uncomfortable. Like, like, please, producers at Sportsnet, Give Buck a chance to figure it out once before cutting to it live. Ah, well, he's from Puerto Rico, and, well, Stuart's from California, Rios, Alabama, so uh, no connection there. Well, they're all males, uh, played baseball, yes, all ball players, and uh, they all played for the Blue Jays. Is that it, maybe? <laughs> Rohawk gets yanked after 68 pitches after the fourth. Not so sure about that. <laughs> and so Stripling comes in and loses the game. They rough him up. And the offense doesn't have any answers. Blue Jays lose 7-2. to But the biggest loss of the night might be Rowdy Telez last night and seeing him today because that looks like surgery. And that looks like next year to me. And I hope I'm wrong. Good night, world. Rowdy Telez looked like he was coming back from the war. Yes. And I didn't know why we're, why, why, where did he need to go? Why were we watching him <laughs> walk anywhere? What, what, who, what, whatever he needed should have been brought to him. It was so sad to watch this fucking massive man <laughs> just like, like crickle along with these crutches and leg brace. Yeah. And, like quietly and slowly walk to wherever. And I, it makes no sense why he would be going anywhere. He should have been on an IV in a hospital bed and whatever he needed should have been brought to him. There should be no reason for him to go anywhere. Maybe, maybe he has to like keep, you know, it's a tendon or like ligament injury. You need to like kind of keep it moving. It's not good for it to stagnate in one place for too long. So just like keeping the blood going to it, maybe that's the only. I don't know. Not not the next day. I don't think. Maybe in time. I don't know. I, maybe you're right. You know what? Maybe you're right. I also think that a really great uh, from your diary, a really great Blue Jays T-shirt would be "Choose When to Lose." <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about that? I'm, I'm not, I'm, I feel like it might be a thing. Well, what's curious about it is that they have an off day today. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were getting that off day anyway. So maybe, I don't know, maybe high performance is like, it's actually more ideal to have two off days. They'll uh, be able to prepare more than on the one off day. Because, I mean, the lineup last night was yikes. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if if I was playing MLB The Show and I picked the Blue Jays and that was the lineup that came up and there was no way to change it, I'd just turn off my PlayStation. <laughs> Walk away, decide it was it better leave it for another day. It, it might even make sense to just throw the game in the garbage yeah. because you can't trust the game after that. Yeah, I, Like, what does the game think fun is I don't know. at that point? I don't know. Can I? Ah, fuck it. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it really quickly right now. To all the people out there playing MLB The Show, what the hell is this crap? They don't update the game in any way, okay? Why is there no version of the game where there's no fans in the stands? Why, why is there still a DH in the National League? Why is there no runner on second in extra innings? Can't we reflect the game that is being played in real life that is that is that is changed? I don't want to. I don't want to like live in this false fantasy world. I want to play baseball the way baseball players play it. That's what it's supposed to be—a simulation game. I'm sick of it, and I don't play it anymore because it doesn't feel like I'm playing real baseball. Because real baseball is played without fans and with weird rules. There's various algorithms that come into the making of a game that can't be just switched so easily. I don't know if you understand the way that uh, code works and the way computers work. I get like a 66 gigabyte update from Call of Duty Warzone like once a week I have to suffer through downloading. Surely they can put a bit of work into updating this show. All right. Boom. The mic just hit the ground, and he broke the mic, and we don't have a lot of money. We need that mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move things along here today. Keep, keep it going. Have another little sip of whiskey. Mm-hmm. So the audience knows when Jacob says sip, he chugs, and I'm the only one who gets to see it, and it's, it's horrifying. Let's do three true outcomes not false it's the truest of true outcomes there are three of them all three one two three true outcomes oh there's only three but you must choose choose wisely yes okay first 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 scenario (laughs) oh oh that first had a bunch of bourbon in it you just gave it some extra letters first scenario for you david (laughs) i want to know what you think of this outcome yeah, give it an outcome. Okay, it, it got a bit adjusted yesterday because things. Wait, 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 wait. Should you explain the game? Quickly? Yeah. Okay. In case any of you uh, were not privy to our previous editions of Three True Outcomes, this is a game where I lay out a scenario. It's not even a game. It's it's just a it's a talk. It's a it's a it's a segment. Okay. There's nothing fun about There's it. There's nothing fun about it. You're right. And so in this segment. Just like in baseball, in baseball, they they talk a lot about the three true outcomes, which are a walk, a strikeout, and a home run. This is what the game has become. This is this is what 2020 baseball is all about. One of those three three things happening. And so I lay out a scenario for David, and he attributes one of those outcomes to it. He decides whether it's a walk, which is lame but happens uh a strikeout or a home run a big gold ding dong okay so this this got a bit adjusted as i was saying this got a bit adjusted yesterday but we can we can go back in a bit in time if he did not get signed by san francisco yesterday bringing in newly dfa justin smoke to help out on the toronto blue jays to fill the void of our large son, Rowdy Tellez. Strikeout! 
That is a strikeout. Now, let me say to you, I love Justin yep. Smoke. I love everything he did with this organization. Breakups are breakups. For whatever reason that they happen, you have to walk the other way and you don't get back together. You broke up for a reason. I don't need another first baseman DH on this team. I don't. The crazy thing about Justin Smoke on the Milwaukee Brewers is that they DFA'd Justin Smoke <laughs> and picked up Daniel fucking Vogelback. Justin Smoke's average was 100 points higher. Justin Smoke was not hitting well. He batted 150. Daniel Vogelback was batting 80. Yeah. 80, but the metrics are good on Vogelback. He walks a lot. Well, who cares? He bats 80. Uh, but no, that's a strikeout for me. I don't need that. There's a bit of sentimentality to it where I would, you know, it would be nostalgic to see Justin Smoke back in uh, Toronto. Justin Smoke's got money. Justin Smoke's had a good career. I don't need to see him in Toronto. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's a big old strikeout for me as well. Um, I it, it's, it's a similar reasoning. I think it's it's not necessarily that you got to stay broken up, but the way that this is a new era, and Justin Smoke is from the past era, and we, we're we're moving on, we're creating a new identity here, and to bring him back, it's just it's going to be confusing for the kids. It's going to be confusing for him. There's going to be feelings involved. It's too complicated. So I get all of you guys out there, Blue Jays fans on Twitter. That, that love Justin Smoke and you love 2015 and 2016, but we're moving on. This is the new era. We're creating a dynasty here, and it does not involve Justin Smoke and especially doesn't involve a, a, a designated for assignment. His assignment is not in Toronto, everybody. And in fact, it is in San Francisco. So uh, <laughs> good luck to Justin Smoke, though. Good luck to him in in San Francisco. I hope he I hope he hits some some bombs into that into that bay. And uh, we 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 wish you the best, Justin. Okay, next up, three true outcomes, David. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stealing bases. What do you think about that? It's a swing, and that ball is launched into the outfield, and it is. Deep fried and gone. Wow, that was a mammoth shot. Here's what I like about Vladdy stealing bases. Here's an interesting fact about the base that Vladdy stole the other night. His top speed was above major league average. Yes. And in fact, it was not the fastest that he's run in the major leagues. He is an above and above average major league sprint speed. And it also has to be chosen correctly. I don't think he's going to be a dude who steals 20 bases, but I think when chosen correctly, it's quite surprising. And I think that he can steal some stolen bases, if you will, if it's done with good baseball IQ. And whether that comes from him, whether that comes from the coaching staff, don't care. I'm all for Vladdy stealing bases, especially when he's on my fantasy team. That's points, baby. Okay. Will you be upset if he kind of gets a bit carried away with it and starts, you know, if he gets thrown out in a bit of a leverage situation and it's a, it's a big out on the base paths and, 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 or, or are you going to remember what you said now? You miss all the shots you don't take, baby. Anybody who steals bases, anybody, ask Jonathan VR for Christ's sakes. Anybody who steals bases gets thrown out from time to time. Not Kevin Stolen Biggio. Stolen bases are bet. 
stolen bases are bet yeah fair stolen bases <laughs> are best stolen in high leverage situations now should he steal bases in high leverage situations it depends if it's uh, surprising because the only way he's doing it is if it's surprising so it really depends on the situation there's a lot of nuance there but obviously he's going to get thrown out there's no way vladdy's going to have a perfect career of stolen bases steal 20 bases in a year and not get thrown out yeah i expect him to get thrown out i welcome him getting thrown out okay i love it i love right. it i am going to uh, i'm gonna go with the home run as well it was a big deep fly um it, it scraped it scraped the wall but it it, it made it out I think I, it is extremely exciting. I love the fact that Vladdy is that confident in himself now. Maybe, maybe less so after the past couple games and the the sombreros that he's that he's walking around uh, that are that are golden from from striking out all these times. Um, but it's 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 just so much fun. And if if he you know I don't know how many pounds like or ounces he loses by stealing a base, but it's got to be good for the body, and he's going to keep getting faster if he keeps losing the weight, and if he can add that into the game, just just even if he's a threat to steal the bases, that, that pitcher on the mound looking over at him once more before he throws to the plate and is a bit worried that this freak is going to try and steal on him. I, I like it. I I don't care if he does get thrown out. I'll probably eat those words um, at some point before the end of the season. But to me, it just signals what Vladdy feels like he's capable of. And and it signals to me what Vladdy feels like he's supposed to be. Where he, where he what, like the dysmorphia that he has for what his body is now, sort of in a way that he, in his mind... You know, he's he's like 15 pounds lighter than where maybe he even is right now, 10 pounds, and that is a guy it's not, who steals bases. It's not, dysmorphia. it's not dysmorphia if he's above major league average spin speed. Just be, uh, It's your dysmorphia. Major league average does not a base stealer make, David. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it does. Do you th- How high above average do you think that Kevin Biggio's sprint speed is? I would I would guess probably a, a decent amount. I think he's he's faster than you think. You don't know how fast I think he is. I think he's fast. Okay, well let's just let's, let's take a look at his Imagine if Imagine if Vladdy came up next year and he lost a bunch of weight and we basically had a version of Acuña on our team and it was Vladdy. He was hitting for power, hitting for average, hitting doubles, stealing bases. I know that's not going to happen, but man if he could add that to his game, if he just like trimmed down a bit, got a little bit more athletic. Are you, are you trying to like make us take a break here so I can I can I can relieve myself this throbbing hard on you've just given me from describing <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero turning into Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, sprint speed. Oh yeah, it's he's in the seventy fifth percentile of sprint speed. Kevin Biggio, he's got that nice great marker the red marker uh so he's he's well above average okay i've been proven wrong i'm fine there for that to happen yeah okay moving on here given what we've seen from the outfield this year ross atkins and the blue jays decide to stand pat and not upgrade the outfield like so many including us called for going into this season i mean that's tough because i guess i should answer with my response first and then give it the yeah god damn it 
every you make me walk sometimes. You know what I mean? I want to hit some pitches and I want to at least swing, but I'm taking a walk. And this is why I'm taking the walk on this because you don't know what they tried to do. Just because they didn't get it doesn't mean they didn't try. They may have tried to get an outfield. I'm talking about going into they, next season, though. I'm saying that they just. Dis- oh, you're 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 saying in the future, what if that happens? I'm saying that in the future, this does happen. They going into next season, they decided to stand pat on what their outfield is, what they've created for this season, and they don't go after the upgrades that we were all clamoring for going into this season. It's still a walk because there's so much to that. Um, you don't know what other moves they make that might allow a guy like Biggio to go in the outfield. You don't know where Austin Martin's at. Maybe he goes in the outfield and they give him a shot and he's an exciting young player next year. Uh, They might get an ace pitcher and you're like, who cares about the outfield? Our rotation's amazing. Uh, They might get a stud third baseman. You don't know. We don't know. So just the outfield alone? No, that doesn't... um, concern me just by itself i'm asking you if there's anyone you would replace basically like i don't know how you can you know like because upgrading the outfield means that one of those guys is not playing every day one of our our three main guys in gritchick guriel and hernandez is not an everyday outfielder anymore and how do you feel about that well there's also uh fluidity to that because you could take a guy like hernandez and he could dh and he could also play in the outfield sometimes and if you got an outfielder to that was better than him and he could play in the outfield sometimes and also dh sometimes um he's more valuable his bat is more valuable though if he's not i don't want to up look you've got grishik in let's say center field and he's made these steps forward in his offensive production his plate approach so that's an upgrade right there so let's just assume that that continues let's just like it, I may, it might not, but let's just say it does. You've got Teoscar Hernandez, who's like a, if not at very least, borderline MVP candidate this year with the way that he was playing. That's an upgrade right there. You just get an all-star. You've got two all-stars in the yeah. outfield right now. And then you look over to Lourdes Gurriel. Now, that's the thing. He's super cheap. They got him on like a $22 million, like seven-year deal. His His bat can be elite electric his outfield play probably will never be that if you could get something for him i would say do that trade he's where the upgrade would come at this point but i don't want to see guriel move back into the infield that's for sure so so is that is it a walk then is that what you're saying it's still a walk because there's it's too complicated you don't you don't mind if they don't upgrade but if they're not going to be losing sleep about guriel moving out and he's the guy you're going to choose. Yeah, I would say that's accurate because there's other moves that I think could really help the team. Like if you got a stud third baseman, huge. Right. If you got another number one pitcher, huge. Right. I'm. I think I. I can walk as well on this one, but for a different reason. I think. I think if they did go after an upgrade, Randall's getting the the short end of the stick here, not Lourdes for me. I, I I think I believe in Lourdes's bat more than I believe in Randall's bat. I believe in um I believe less in the transformation of Randall Gritchick than I do in the general um bat that I've come to know Lourdes Guriel for consistently. Maybe not like fully consistently, but like the the who who he is and that it isn't based on this like 
you know, season of transformation from a hitting coach that we're already starting to see maybe not continuing as much as we had hoped for over the past I, week or two. I agree with that, but I guess what I'm saying is that no, I don't expect Randall Grishik to be a 300 hitter and uh, hit to the production that he is. But even if he's upgraded a bit, I think that if you were to call any, and this is a guess, but if you were to call any GM in the league and you said Randall Grishik or Lourdes Gurriel, I think any GM in the league would be more interested in Lourdes Gurriel. So you're going to get more for him than you would for Randall Grisham. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, when I'm saying the, up, the outfield gets upgraded, I'm not necessarily meaning that one of them gets traded. I don't necessarily think that that has to happen. I think we can, we can. Well, then what would you do though? What would you do with the player? If you just, if you just signed a free agent, then what? You just had this dead weight on the bench of like a pretty productive major league player. Like what would you do with them? Well, um, Randall Grichik to me makes more sense as a, if we have an elite center fielder coming off the bench as a fourth outfielder playing there a couple of times a week, hitting bombs, playing DH, um, kind of cycling through, he's playing. He's probably still playing like four of or three or four games a week out of six or seven. You got a fifty million dollar man coming off the bench to be a fourth outfielder? No way. Yeah, you're probably right, but I don't know that. I think. <laughs> If there's someone else out there, or if or if one of if Austin Martin is ready at some point, it, probably, it won't be next season. But I think yeah. by that time, it's going to be Grichuk that's uh, starting to fade away, not uh, Guriel. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. But that that seems like it has potential to be true. Yeah. Okay. Next, using Nate Pearson as an opener when he comes back. Strike out. Okay. And that was uh, the law. Uh, who? Um, I think when he comes back, what his initial task should be is just to get a low leverage inning under his belt in a relief situation. But I think ideally he's high leverage late inning relief. 101, 102, 103, dare I say 105 out of the bullpen. Just cannonballs being gunned into who's ever catching who doesn't need their wrist the next day mm -hmm. okay okay I, I to me to me it's a home run the opener i was thinking about this I, and i and nate pearson is a starter we don't have time for him to be a starter but i want to keep him in that mindset i want to keep him getting ready for the beginning of the game i want to see him come in there face the top of the lineup he he stays in the kind of same zone, same head space. I'm not I'm messing with his psychology as little as possible, messing with his rhythm, not making him get into the habit of just giving it all he's got, 103, 102, and just kind of keeping the product as similar as I can, keeping the situation as similar as I can, so that then he's just coming out a bit sooner. He's just throwing less pitches, but it's still the same thing, and maybe it happens a bit more. We've got we've got guys like Tanner Roark who, you know, I don't know how, <laughs> given what we know about Tanner Roark and the way he calls, calls out the front office now, maybe uh, Tanner Roark wouldn't like seeing Nate Pearson come in before him, but we've also got Chase Anderson, um, you know, we've got we've got Robbie Ray, we've got Stripling, all of these guys that can come in for bulk innings who are built up and having this this uh flame throwing kid come in before them 
could really uh, disrupt things and uh, potentially lengthen out our, our, our their outings or outings from starters as a whole with that little uh, inning or two from Nate to start off. You see, I'm interested in screwing with his psychology because I think it was his psychology that sort of allowed him to struggle when he first came up here. The stuff is there. There's no doubt. He's got the arm. He's got the stuff. It's his psychology that I'd be interested in cracking a little bit and putting him in a situation that he's not accustomed to and seeing what that does for him. I don't want him to feel similar. I don't want him to feel familiar. I want to see if I can crack his psychology and see what comes of it. Different opinions from the boys of underdogs. That's what you love to see. That's why we do three true outcomes. Final, no, we got two more here. This one's fun. David, three true outcomes. Tanner Roark hosting a daytime talk show. <laughs> that is a strikeout. That is three change-ups. It's right down the middle of the plate that the batter chooses not to swing at because even the batter agrees that he should be struck out for this purpose <laughs> to save the world from daytime Roark. Uh, I just don't see the the charm i don't see the fun i don't know what he would talk about unless it was like a complainathon if he wanted to just monologue into the tv about all the wrongs that has been done to him and how it's his job no matter how bad he is at it to do it for as long as he possibly can do it because that's how he's been made um that is a a one two three you're gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, it's a strikeout for me too. It was really just kind of <laughs> wanting to continue to pile on this uh, Rosie O'Donnell comparison of Tanner Roark. I don't know where it came from or why why I said that about him, um, but uh, yeah, he's 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 not going to be a great great. Maybe he would. Maybe he could really. Uh, maybe he could really come out of his shell and uh, be be a bit more jovial and friendly and. Get the laughs up. Get the get the get those moms dancing out there in in daytime talk world. Okay, um, uh, final one here, David. I do think a daytime talk show with Rowdy being a host called "Let's Get Rowdy" oh, is great. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. W like a rowdy wake up or like row r rowdy <laughs> rowdy morning. Yeah, rowdy mornings. Ooh, wow! I love that. I love that. <laughs> you would come out creaking along in a wheelchair talking about the good old days when he played baseball before he strained his knee and then he was forced to walk through the stadium <laughs> and it made it worse i love too that it was like in the outfield like everyone in the stadium could see him just slowly moving from left to right in the distance <laughs> and it takes like an hour for him to get from one side to the other you could just hear the producer on Sportsnet being like, pan away, pan away, pan away, go to camera three, don't watch that, don't watch yeah. that. <laughs> Okay, final final one here, David. Vladdy, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. DHing three days in a row, even when first baseman Rowdy Telez goes on the injury list. In an unprecedented move by a big league pitcher, three underhand tosses a la softball style drop in for three straight strikes the batter doesn't know what to do that is a strikeout let's see vladdy DHing three days in a row without any fucking explanation for it if he's hurt or something sure but tell me i haven't heard anything of I, you why is he DHing? i don't know i don't is, is is no one asking this question i haven't i haven't 
I haven't like searched it in Google or like specifically looked for it, but it seems like something that would be talked about. Well, it feels like punishment. Like maybe he stopped doing his early morning cardio uh, and they're like, well, don't do your cardio. You don't play first. Right. And he's like, fine, I won't. You know what I'm going to do if you don't let me do car uh, play first? I'm going to steal bases. I'm going to steal bases when you don't want me to, and I'm going to stand in the bullpen during the middle of the game mm -hmm. where I'm not focused at all. Right. The only thing that I could really think of is that maybe they were paranoid already before this reality thing happened, that that was going to happen to a first baseman, and they're trying to... They're, they're scared of Vladdy getting injured on that mound. They know how reckless he's going to like be running out like into into the foul grounds there, and uh, they don't want him to get injured. That's all I could, nah, I don't all I could think because, of. Because, I mean, he's, they've played many games at Buffalo already, and so why all of a sudden is that a thing? I don't, I don't, I don't buy Maybe that. they just saw him do it once, and they're like, That's, he's going to hurt himself. Oh man, Vladdy's gonna hurt himself. Hey, Rowdy, <laughs> do you want to play first base? It's better if you get hurt. Rowdy would say yes. And then he creak, 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 creak. Welcome to Rowdy Mornings. <laughs> Getting rowdy in the morning. I have uh, one for you, Jacob. I'm gonna Whoa. throw this back to you. Okay. Here we go. Three true. The outcomes. pitcher's hitting right the now. The pitcher's hitting, and let's see what he does with it. If and when the Blue Jays make it to the playoffs, if the federal government allows, returning to the Rogers Center for the playoffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was not expecting that. Whoa, you just threw me an Ephus on a fastball count. I don't know what to do here. Um, ah. Nah, man, we gotta stay in Buffalo. This season is this season is for the for the good people of Buffalo. That has become our home. We we hit bombs there. Our offense is is elite at Buffalo. We've got the top ranked offense at home. Um, we play outside. We we got the we got the grass. Um, I don't want to I don't want to mess with it this season. I want to keep them keep them where they're at. There's no fans anyway. Uh, it's it's just I think it's better for for everybody if they stay in Buffalo. So that's a that's a strikeout for me, David. I also think it's a strikeout. I have this fear that it just sort of changes some sort of chemistry and dynamic in the season, and that it'll be exciting initially, like back at the Rogers Center, the home we know and love, and the players are like, we're excited to go back, but then something's just different, and it just doesn't work out for them. There's a certain je ne sais quoi about je this season, quoi. and them being in uh, je ne sais quoi about being in Buffalo and I want to see it ride out to the, to the, yeah, end. me too. Me too. We're on the same page here. And, and, and do you have any more or is that a fine, fine way to, to finish off this episode? I, I don't, I don't have any. Okay. More. That's all right, David. Um, we will wrap up here. I just want to say what a stretch of play for these Toronto Buffalo Blue Jays it's been a long time since these boys have had a scheduled day off since they gave us a day off from watching them every night for four hours and what they have done and overcome in that time is pretty amazing all of the injuries all of the wins the comebacks the walk-offs and now Bo Bichette returning Friday Maybe is that have you heard that? I think that it's a possibility at least. 
I have not heard well, that. Well, let's say it definitively. Bo Bichette is coming back Friday. If you haven't heard it already, you heard it here first on Thursday, Thursday Underdogs. <laughs> no small ask for Bo Bichette to come back Friday. He's facing Jacob deGrom and the New York Mets. Welcome back. You know that that makes Bo Bichette hard. Oh, yeah. I think Bo's always hard, and it's more about things that don't make him hard. Like, there are very few things that... Don't make him hard. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, tonight, the Blue Jays are taking the day off, and so we at Underdogs are taking the day off tomorrow as well, everybody. No show tomorrow. We're going to have a long weekend. We will be back on Monday, and uh, we, we can't wait. So have a great weekend, everybody.